Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Karansha Sandhu. Karan is a Ph.D. candidate in the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences. Karan is originally from India. He received his B.S. degree from Punjab Agricultural University. Karan joined WSU in fall of 2017 under the supervision of Dr. Aaron Carter, who is leading the WSU Winter Wheat Breeding Program. Karan's current research focuses on breeding for grain protein content stability using genomic selection and high-throughput phenotyping tools. He is also focusing on identifying wheat lines having quicker canopy closure and cold tolerance to compete with weeds in the Pacific Northwest. Furthermore, he is applying machine and deep learning models for predicting grain yield, and use quality traits, and various other agronomic traits in the wheat breeding program. Hello, Karan. Hi, Jude. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to have you on. Um, we, we've you've had you on before talking about an aspect of your work, but we're going to dive into more of the, the non-breeding uh, yes. aspects of it today. Right? So yes, I came here last year. So that time we just talk about protein content stability by using traditional breeding approaches. So that was one of my research objectives, yeah. Okay. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what machine and deep learning are and how you are using them in the wheat breeding program? So yeah, machine learning and deep learning are not exactly separate from each other. So they are a branch of artificial intelligence. So machine learning uses various models which try to infer or learn that trend present in the data set and then try to make decision or the prediction depending upon those. While the deep learning system is more complex and it is also a branch of machine learning. So deep learning works like the way human brain works. So it uses different sets of neurons, the way neurons interact with each other and give some kind of stimulus. So that's how deep learning model works. So it uses different neurons and the interaction of neurons decide the models. So for example, you can take the example of our iPhone. So Siri works on the basis of deep learning model because we have a lot of data sets. So whenever we have a lot of data, we can use deep learning models in order to get more prediction or better decision-making power. And in our, in our winter wheat breeding program, we are using both machine and deep learning models for predicting traits like grain yield, grain protein content, several agronomic and end-use quality traits. So exactly we are implementing this thing for most of the traits which we are working on. Okay, so you'll have to help me... Th- through this, do you have an example of something you've uh, done with uh, deep learning and how exactly it takes a, a data set? Okay. So for deep learning, we used our like five-year data set from 2015 to 2020 for learning the information in the data. And then we made prediction for the grain yield. And that publication recently got accepted in the Frontiers in Plant Sciences. And we got an accuracy of 60% for predicting the grain yield. That means, yeah, we are moving to our better prediction accuracy by using deep learning models in our program. 
Okay. So what are, what are some traits that, or aspects for which you're using machine learning in, in your breeding program? So exactly we are using that thing for all the traits we are working on, which varies from grain yield, grain protein content, and use quality and disease resistances. So that means we are implementing this thing on whatever we can do. Because in our breeding program, we have a lot of data set from 2000 to 2020. So that means as the data set is increasing, increasing our models are performing more better. So we can implement this on anything. Okay. So anything you have, what, a minimum of... Five years worth of data? How much data do you have to have before you feel like you can use machine learning? So for machine learning, if you have more than 500 plants, that means you are good to go. But if you want to proceed with the deep learning model, so I will suggest try to have minimum 20,000, or sorry, 2,000 lines. That means if you have more data, go for the deep learning model. On the other hand, if you are implementing deep learning model on a smaller data set, you will be getting overfitting in the model. That means... Definitely you are getting good accuracy, but that's not a true. Okay. So you might be making some false yeah. uh, predictions, I guess. Huh? Y- yes, yeah. Okay. What are what are the potential difficulties faced while you're building a, a, a model for this uh, deep learning? And as breeders um, who aren't mostly trained in these tools, how do, you, how do you go about using it? Yeah, that's a really good question. So exactly when I started working with Dr. Aaron Carter, so I was not having any experience of machine learning and the deep learning. So the best thing we work, this is we try to have some collaboration with the computer scientists and statistical genomists at WSU. So those collaboration help us in initiating several things, even different classes which are taught at WSU like data science, machine learning, and the neural network. So I took all those classes just to build my machine learning, data science, and deep learning skills. So once I got all those skills, so we try to make prediction and let our collaborators know that we are getting these kind of results just to verify those things from computer scientists that we are on a good track. So that's how we try to build those skills. And I completely agree that plant breeders or the geneticists are not trained in this way. But I feel like this is the need of R. So as we are moving ahead, we should learn these things in our plant breeding. Okay. Are you familiar with uh, other breeding programs around the country or the world that might be trying this as well? Yeah, so exactly like you can take an example of Kansas State University or you can look at the Florida. So most of the universities are applying this machine learning and the deep learning model. Even the companies like Bayer, Syngenta, they they are, they have adopted this thing like 10 years back. But in our public sector, we are slowly and slowly tra- making transition. Yeah, but we are definitely on it. Okay. So how do you think it will help uh, predict traits for uh, multi-environment situations uh, like we have here in the in, in eastern Washington, where you have uh, everything from the high rainfall area here in the Palouse to the very dry conditions out in the Horse Heaven Hills. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. We were also thinking of implementing models in such scenarios, but progress is made, but that's not that far. We are still working on it. The main thing is like, as we have different weather parameters or the different climatic zone in the Eastern Washington, in order to make such kind of prediction, we need to include weather data set. So if we are having more weather information, that means we can include for genotype by environmental interaction. So in case of plant breeding, genotype by environmental interaction plays a very critical role. For example, if we have planted a line in Pullman, that will perform differently compared to a line which is performed in the lint condition, or you can take example of Ritzville. So in order to make those predictions, accurate weather data set, 
or enough um, previous year data set should be available to make such kind of prediction. And the other thing is like, we need to make some new, some better changes in the model which can account for G by E interactions. So definitely we are working on that, but we have not got that much accuracy yet. Okay, so the the goal would be maybe not to need as many sites eventually where you could just predict by growing it in one or two locations, yes. you could predict how it might do in other environments? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So that's what we are yeah. working on, like just plant at two locations and then try to predict most of the other. Okay. So I think you mentioned an accuracy earlier of about 60% for one of the traits. What in general is your accuracy on, on predictions? So accuracy usually depends upon the trait which you are working on. For example, grain yield is a very complex trait because it is controlled by different genes and the environmental interaction. So we are getting an accuracy in the range of 40 to 60%. On the other hand, like traits like protein content or some kind of disease resistance, as those traits are controlled by some less number of genes and we are getting an accuracy up to 70%. That means it depends completely depends upon a trait and the environment on which you are working on. But definitely we can improve the accuracy by including the genotype by environmental interactions. Okay. But yield is, is what many growers are interested in, yet it's one of the more difficult ones to, to figure out, huh? Yeah, that yield is really different, uh, difficult to figure it out, yeah. But with the help of machine and deep learning model, we are thinking that we can improve it more. Okay. Um, a lot of... Uh, Breeding um, and scientists are using these high-throughput phenotyping methods where you just move these little plants through, uh, through a system and, and take measurements. Can you use that kind of data, or is all this data from field that you're using? Yeah, for? definitely we are using that kind of data set. So we are using our drone technology for measuring different reflection from the plants. So those reflections give us information about various physiological processes like chlorophyll status of a plant or any kind of water stress which plant is facing. So we have included that data set in our machine learning and deep learning model to make prediction. And you won't believe it that with the use of those data set, we improved our prediction accuracy by 10 to 17 percent for various traits. That means if, you are, if we are having more data sets, definitely we are getting more prediction accuracy. And high throughput data set is a key to increase the prediction accuracies. Okay, so the, the bottom line is the more data, the better, huh? Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, if you listen or read in the uh, popular press out there, there's a lot of concerns about artificial intelligence, and yet it, it can be a very useful tool when used appropriately. Yes, yeah, definitely, but... If we are getting accuracy, better accuracy, and we're not sure that whether it's an overfit or some kind of false positive, so we need to think those things exactly that. Are we going in the right direction or are we just giving some false predictions? Okay. I, I know um, one of the things that everybody's doing these days is collecting a lot more data and then trying to figure out what to do with it. It sounds like you, uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning is is a tool to help you use all those all that data to actually come up with useful tools. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can take example of Tesla. Like they have used like previous years data set, and now the car is working very efficiently. Similarly, we are trying to go in the that direction. Okay, very interesting. It's it's kind of outside uh, the realm of agriculture as I've known it for many years. But to see us applying this new technology is pretty exciting. We'll be watching to see what comes out of this. Uh, uh, through your program, how much longer do you have to go yet? So I'm 
left with one and a half year so i will be done by next summer so summer 2022 and hopefully i will be done with good results yeah excellent we'll look forward to seeing that yeah, thank you thank Karan. you so much thank you for inviting me thanks for joining us and listening to the wsu wheat beat podcast if you like what you hear don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on itunes or your favorite podcasting app if you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes please email me at drew.lion That's L-Y-O-N at WSU.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.